Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. All right. How are you guys doing? You can be seated. You can be seated. Thank you so much for being here today. Man, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, I just want to welcome again those of you, all of you that's here, and also not only welcoming you, those of you that are brand new here, thank you for coming out to Freedom Church today. There's a lot of other places you could have been, but if you're here at Freedom Church, thank you so, so much for coming today. And also, those of you that's watching online, thank you for tuning in. Hope and pray that if you get an opportunity and you're watching online and you live in our area, come and be a part of what God is doing here. There's nothing like being part of a church family. If you agree with that church family, give out some yells and screams and some claps and praise for those people. All right, yes, we're celebrating moms today. And uh, think about moms, you know, I don't know if you know this, but it was on that Mother's Day was actually established May 9th, 1914 by Congress and President Wilson officiated the day that the second Sunday of May from that point forward would be Mother's Day. And it reminds me of a couple of young boys that they were overheard, they were friends and they were neighbors and they were talking about his mom and he said, you know, he said, my mom does so much for me. She just works all the time Uh, But, you know, but I'm worried about her. You know, he said, she cooks and cooks me awesome food. She cleans up after me. She takes me all the places that I want to go and does all these amazing things for me. But I'm just really, really worried about it. And his friend looked at him and said, hey, what are you worried about? He said, I'm afraid she's going to escape someday. Now, let me ask this question, moms. How many times, mom, really, down inside... That you just, and I want you to be vulnerable in this moment. How many times, mom, that there's been that you were just, you were just empty? You gave it all out. How many times was it that you just like to escape, moms? Would you raise your hand for a second? Would you do that? Yes. Well, you know why you didn't escape? Because of the love that God put in your heart for your kids and your family. That's why you didn't escape. And and when I think about love today, I want us, the rest of us, to give love and let's celebrate all of these wonderful moms that's here and those that may not be here, celebrate their memory. Let's give some love to them for the moms. Come on now, let's do that. So today, spin telling off of the love, we're going to be starting a new series called Bear Fruit. And when you think about bearing fruit, that's what we're to bear as Christians. We're to be able to have a fruitful life that people know who we are, what we're about, and what we stand for when it comes to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so when I think about love, that is the first of the fruit of the Spirit, and that is what we're going to be talking about. But here's the thing that I think we face. We face this ongoing battle. There's a battle in me, there's a battle in you. There's a battle that goes on to where that we battle self and we battle being so what we can be in love to, to other people. We face it every day. There's a friction of wanting to serve ourselves and friction between serving someone else in our lives. I'm selfish by nature. 
You're selfish by nature. We're all selfish by nature when it comes to how that we're made in our lives. And how many of you here will admit that you're selfish at times? I would say everybody needs to raise their hand because that's who we are by nature. Galatians chapter 5, Paul writes to the church of Galatia, which is applicable to us here today. I want you to listen to what it says. It says, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in what? In love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Wow. See, as Christians, and if you're a cross follower, you can lean in. If you're not a cross follower yet, and you're here checking out the claims, you can lean out on this one. But as Christians, I want you to understand that there is a pull of our flesh between sinning and serving others. That's what Paul is trying to get across here for us in this reading. Freedom to satisfy your flesh will always enslave you to Satan's ways, our enemy. But Christians, by contrast, have the freedom to do what is right and to glorify God in service to other people. It boils down to this. Self-centered versus other-centered. So what do you mean? Well, it's easy to be self-centered. But it's hard for you and I to be other-centered, to have our focus on someone else. I read one time, and I have to agree, spiritual maturity is when you're others-centered. You're getting it. It's clicking in. You're clicking on all cylinders in the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God. Because it's not about you any longer. You realize you're becoming like Jesus. You're taking on His nature. You are imitating Jesus in your life and how that you live. Paul says this in verse 16 and 17 of Galatians 5. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Let me say that again. He says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. It was once said, there's a thousand good intentions which doesn't match up to one other sinner deed. So when you look at these two forces, there's a battle that's going on. There's two forces fighting one another. It's like friction. If you take a battery and you take a piece of metal and you stick it on the positive and negative, you're going to get all kinds of friction. You're going to get all kinds of sparks because it's two forces fighting against one another. Here's something I want you to understand. Don't ever confuse your feelings with the Holy Spirit's leading. Don't ever confuse your feelings with the Holy Spirit's leading. It's all about being converted from the natural to the supernatural leading of the Holy Spirit. This is where people live at today. People want to live 
on their own throne. They want to live on the, and have the crown and live on their own throne in their own lives. That's what they want. They want to live the way they want to, when they want to, where they want to, who they want to with. They want to live, a lot of people do, because they're living in the natural. They don't get hooked up in such a sense with the leadership of the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. So they want to live on the throne of their own self-centered lives. Problem is, with humanity... Apart from being born again in Christ and having the Holy Spirit's leadership in our lives and following the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we're infected with self-centeredness. I want it my way. I want it now. I want what I want and how I want it. I want my comfort. I don't care what it is at your expense. I want, I'm the person that matters most. I don't care what happens to you as long as I'm okay. It's a hopeless self-centeredness. But the Holy Spirit is faithful. The Holy Spirit is so faithful because God is committed to help you and to help me to change our natural instincts into supernatural instincts through the power of the Holy Spirit and to be able to produce in our lives the very nature of His nature that we revere Christ's character. And that's why that we're going to spend these eight weeks on bare fruits. Studying the fruit of the Spirit to try to help us to get off the throne of our lives to where we wear our crowns and our tiaras as if we're all about us instead of someone else. We bear fruit showing that it's not the fruits, plural, of the Spirit. It is fruit of the Spirit of Almighty God. And that's why that we're going to look at this in the way that we are. And, but here's what I want you to know. There's a crisis that's taking place concerning Christian character. There's a crisis taking place between character and Christianism today. I meet people a lot of times and they'll tell me that they're a believer. They'll tell me they're involved in their church. They'll tell me that they know Jesus, but then when I look at their lives and I see what they're bearing and they say they may bear fruit, their fruit's absolutely rotten. Their life stinks. And if you looked at them and you wanted to know Jesus, I don't think you would see Jesus in them enough to ever come to know Jesus. And what they say and what they do is two different things. Have you ever met a person like that? Raise your hand. Maybe you're like that. Maybe that's you. Could that be me? That we're trying our best to live on the throne of our own lives, wearing our crowns and our tiaras, living the way we want to, living in the natural. See, we have to focus on the fruit. You got to bring it into focus. You say, what do you mean? Your life will always be controlled by what you focus on. Always. Hands down. Your life will always be controlled by what you focus on. My main focus is to remain focused on the character of Christ. My main focus is to remain focused on the character of Jesus Christ. You say, well, Pastor T, it's very hard for me to focus. I'm ADHD. You know, I take medicine and, you know, it's kind of hard for me to. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. But listen. 
You and I, no matter who you are, if you have any sanity at all, if you are coherent in this life, then you can control what you focus on with God's spiritual help. If you believe that, say amen. It's up to you. You control what you focus on. The secret is in these nine characteristics that's going to be mentioned in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Let's check out what they are. But the Holy Spirit produces, not you, not me, but this is what the Holy Spirit can produce in the life of a born-again Christian. This is the kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, uh, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. They all flow from the first characteristic of love. The fruit of the Spirit is we, we experience the joy when we get out of the natural and the crown of our lives and the throne that we want to live on. We enjoy the joy that comes from the fruit and the relationship that you have in communion with the Holy Spirit of God. So there's one fruit and there's nine attributes. So I asked you, which one are you weakest at? Which one? Could it be more than one? See, we can't pick and choose what we want to reflect on when it comes to these qualities. If you and I know Jesus Christ, he has placed the Holy Spirit inside of us so that we go and when we walk in the natural, we act in the supernatural. Let me say that again. When you have the Holy Spirit of God and you're walking in the natural, you act as is in the supernatural with the leadership of the Spirit of God. Because this Holy Spirit is the ultimate gardener and it's His objective to produce fruit in our lives. That is spiritual fruit. So if you're ready to enter the battle, the Holy Spirit is willing to enter with you to get you into a supernatural state. That way He can bring reinforcements into your life and help you win the battle. So many people, they live a Christian loser's life because they don't allow themselves to be led of the Spirit of God. They live on the throne of their own life, doing the what they want to, and they expect God's blessings in return. There's a character struggle that will cause us to be able to not produce fruit in our lives. And we will never, listen to me, you will never win alone. It will come through the leadership and the power of the Holy Spirit. You'll never be victorious in any of these characteristic traits of the nature of Jesus Christ unless you know him in a personal relationship. Now, I want to talk to your hearts today. If you don't know Jesus Christ in your heart and you can't tell me that you know that there was a certain moment in time that you came under conviction, you professed your faith in Jesus Christ, you asked him to save you from your sins and you were born again and you felt the peace of Almighty God come into your soul and you know that you know that you know that one day when you draw your last breath you will make heaven your home. If you don't know that moment then you are as lost as Job's turkey as I used to hear an old preacher say. And I don't know who Job is, and I don't know what kind of turkey he had, but he must have been lost. But our problem is, is that we want to live on the throne of our lives. We want God's blessings, and we just say, God, come on with me. This is where we're going, God. Bless me, bless me, bless my floor, not worried about it anymore. I'm going to live in the natural on my throne in my life. And you end up getting God in your head when he wants to be in your heart. He wants to engulf your being. It was once said there's a difference in heaven and hell. 
It's about 18 inches from your head to your heart. The fruit will only come through the spontaneous work of the Holy Spirit when you know God and you're born again in His Son, Jesus Christ. And the good news is God wants to change your natural instincts and turn them into supernatural instincts as you're led by the Spirit of God. So I ask you, how are you doing when you read the text of the fruit of the Spirit? How are you doing? Because this, 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 this crown just is not going to get it. It's just not going to get it. This crown will not work. You think you can live on the crown of your own life and live on the throne as you want to do it. It will not work. That's not the attributes, and that's not the leadership, and that's not the character of Jesus Christ. How many of you here love Jesus? Raise your hand. How many of you here want to act like Jesus? Raise your hand. Well, this is the love challenge we're going to move into, and I'm going to challenge you every shape, form, and fashion as I can, and I pray in the, that God and your relationship, and as you seek Him today here, that you'll receive this. But it's all about, once again, focusing on the fruit the results is how that we're going to love. Listen, the problem is with humanity is that when humanity loves, humanity loves on condition. It's based on the condition of what you're willing to do and me receive that as to whether I'm going to love you in return. And a lot of times when people are not willing to love someone else because you were disappointed in the condition of how they treated you, so you stop loving them. Jesus never said to love on condition. Jesus' love is unconditional. And, but we live on the throne of our self-centered lives. But how do we vacate the self-centered throne of our lives? There's a few things I want to share with you. First and foremost, ask yourself the two, three question. So what do you mean? If you really want to know a great definition to what love really is, it's in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. That's why you need to ask yourself the 2-3 question. This is the very best definition of love because it's Scripture. It says in Philippians 2 and 3, and I absolutely love how the New English translation spells this out. It says, instead of being motivated by selfish ambition or vanity, each of you should, in humility, be moved to treat one another as more important than yourself. I love how it reads, it says, be moved. What are you going to be moved by, by self or by the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God? It will be the latter. You need to be moved by the Spirit of God because I'll just tell you, it's not normal for us to treat other people better than ourselves. Would you agree with that? That's just not normal, and I get that. But for us to move into the character of Christ, then we've got to be moved to treat one another as more important than ourselves. You're moved by the Holy Spirit's leading in your life, what I call the leadership of the Holy Spirit, the gumption of the Holy Spirit. And when I'm hurting in my life, there's been times in my life I've had multiple surgeries, and I'll tell you what, my beautiful wife, man, she is so awesome. She treats me so good. So much better than I ever deserve. But you know what that does for me? I could get really used to that. You know? I could really get used to that. And uh, it's, it's crazy. This morning, we were, we, for whatever reason, I got a wild hair this morning. I wanted some bacon. And I went in to get ready, and I had put the bacon in the oven. I know it's Mother's Day. But 
Shanda was outside and had been outside a little bit longer after I was getting ready. And I come in the kitchen and the bacon was at borderline burning. You know what I'm saying? So I went out to ask her and, and ask her about it. And I thought, wait a minute. I'm being selfish again. I'm trying to blame the burning bacon on my wife, which it's Mother's Day. Not a good idea. We got through that little debate, and we are good, okay? But anyway, my point is, is that a lot of times we always come back to ourselves, and we want to push it on somebody else when mistakes are made or things are done. You follow what I'm saying? We want to make it about ourselves. How do you vacate that selfish throne? How do you get rid of the crown of living on the throne of your own life? We can be guilty of, listen to this, we can be guilty of treating those that we're supposed to love the most (laughs) with the least respect and common courtesy. We can all be guilty of that. And we end up straining those relationships with our spouse, or you strain the relationship with your kids, or you strain the relationship with your boss, or with your friend, or with a sibling. So, here's a question I want you to ask, and you can fill in the blank. Deriving from Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Do I treat, you fill in the blank, as more important than myself? If you're married, put your spouse's name in there. If you're dating someone, put the person's name in there that you're dating. If it's your best friend or if it's a co-worker, rate yourself on a scale from 1 to 10. How am I treating this person as more important than myself? See, this... When you think about our world, if we're going to change our world, church, it's going to be because we win this battle of self and others. You're going to be self-centered or you're going to be other-centered. We're not going to win the world being self-centered and calling ourselves Christians and mark off the checklist of doing Christianity. Oh, I read my Bible, check. Oh, I did a little prayer today, check. Oh, I went to church, check. No, it's, listen, Christianity's not a checklist, church. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ that we imitate the Son of God to a degree that somebody says, hey, I want what you've got. Who are you? That's what you do. When you're out here in the world, you look like the world, you smell like the world, you act like the world. Nobody wants anything you've got because you're no different than the world. This individualistic, self-centered society that we live in today is badly damaging our sense of community and it's given God a bad name through the Christian world's name. It's easy to love some people, but not all people. (laughs) Can I get a witness? There's somebody right now, when I said that statement, they popped in your mind. it's, It's easy to love some people, but not all people, right? Well, pastor, that's real simple. You know, those murderers and those rapists and and those people that have have been abusers. And and I get that. No, 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 no. Those who haven't been loved by others. There's always somebody who hasn't been loved by others. Maybe they're distasteful. Maybe they don't live on your fashionable zip code. They live across the tracks in town. Or maybe it's somebody who is an enemy. They did something that you didn't like. And now when you see them and you get close to making eye contact, you turn your head and go the other way. Or maybe it's somebody that you're hard to love them because 
they've cost you time or they've cost you money. And you're not going to allow that to happen again. There's always an opportunity for each of us to ask ourselves the two, three question, do I treat others as more important than myself? And we don't put clauses on it. We don't put guidelines on it. I'm so thankful Jesus didn't. You say, well, I ain't, I'm not Jesus. I'm sure people can tell that in your life if that's a statement you make. So many people make that statement. It just makes me want to ah, vomit. Well, I'm not Jesus. I can tell, brother. You know? Wasn't hard to figure that one out. Woohoo! Do I treat others as more important? Ask yourself the two, three questions. But also, you've got to seize every opportunity. See, the battle here when you read Galatians 5, 16 and 17, you read Galatians here in chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, and then you read this verse, Philippians 2 and 3. Make note of how that you're living every single day to seize every opportunity to get off the throne of our lives by listening to the leadership of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit's going to guide you. If you're not listening, you're not going to be guided. Just like this, Jan and I were out of town a few weeks ago. We were walking down the street. And I seen this beggar coming up. And I could tell already this guy's got his can out there. So I get, right, I get up right close to the guy and I reach in my pocket. And you know what I had? I had a $20 bill or a $1 bill. The friction started. You follow what I'm saying? I started saying, you know what? I'm going to give him a dollar because he's probably going to buy a quart of beer or he's going to do this. I started sizing the guy up, and I'd never met him. And the Holy Spirit says 20. I said, no, one. The Holy Spirit says 20. I said, no, one. So there's just this battle going on between self and being other-centered. You know what I ended up doing? I want to get a pole. Let's do this. How many of you think I gave him the 20? Raise your hand. How many of you thought I gave him the one? You guys stink. I see what you think of your pastor. <laughs> I, I ended up giving him the 20 because I had a battle I was facing. I could either listen to the leadership of the Holy Spirit and judge that person's actions and worry about what he's going to do. It ain't your job, it ain't my job to worry about what that person's going to do with the money. It's my job to listen to the power of the Holy Spirit to lead and guide my life. I gave the guy a $20 bill and I just kept right on walking and I was happy as ever because God's going to take care of me. And I said three words, God bless you. You remember that, don't you, Shanda? So she asked me when I left, what, what did you give him? <laughs> and I told her, she was wondering what I did. You got to listen to the Spirit. You got to listen to the Spirit. If you don't listen to the Spirit, you're going to listen to yourself and you're going to live on your throne instead of the worship of the one that's on the throne. Galatians 6, verses 8 through 10 says, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. Death and decay from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity... 
We should do good to everyone, especially those, listen to this, especially those in the family of faith. So the love challenge is, you ask that two, three question, do I treat other people, do I treat this person, whatever, is more important than myself. And then you know that you listen to the Holy Spirit to seize every opportunity, but you've always got to remember that love is a choice. God's not going to force us to love anybody. He's not going to force us to love Him. He's not going to force us to love others. It's a choice that we have in our lives. We can only choose to give love away or not. We can only choose to be other-centered or self-centered. That's right, Pastor. <laughs> Love's a choice, and I choose not to love them. <laughs> That's right. You got free will to do what you want to do. They hurt me, Pastor. They offended me. Really? So I think some people need to understand the difference between being offended and what an offense is. An offense is what happened to you. An offense is an event. If you tell me you were offended, then you made the choice in your life to be offended. And if they offended you, they offended you because they weren't being led of the Holy Spirit of God. Are you with me, church? They weren't being led of God. They were being led of another spirit, the spirit of a demonic force, if they do something that's apart from the characteristics of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Please be with me on this. So you choose to be offended through an offense, which is an event that happened. I've done it, you've done it. Is that Christ-like? No. It's not. You might be thinking, well, you're a bigger man than me, or you're, you're, you're a bigger person than me. Blah, blah. Listen, it's all about who you're led by and who you're listening to. It's how you're going to act and how you're going to respond in situations like that. So what is most people doing? Romans 12 and 2, real simple. It says here, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Would you agree that most people are copying the behavior and customs of this world? Would you raise your hand? Say, most people are copying the behavior and customs of this world. People in the world, what are they doing? They're copying the behavior and the customs. They want to hate somebody. They want to get revenge with somebody. They don't want to speak to somebody. They want to fight with somebody. They want to be able to hurt somebody because they got hurt. They want to be able to quote the Old Testament and say, eye for an eye tooth for tooth you know but it says here it goes on to say don't copy the behavior and customs of this world but everybody say but let God say let God says let God transform you transform original version original intent and the writing in the Greek means metamorphosis die to what you are come alive into what Jesus is like a butterfly goes from a worm dies out becomes a beautiful butterfly transform you into a new person by changing the way you think you have to let go before you'll ever let god it says let god you say let let go of what pastor the behavior and the customs of this world then everybody say then you will learn to know god's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect See, good fruit starts at the root. What do you mean? Look at Colossians 2 here, what Paul said to the church at Colossae. It's applicable to us. It says, 
Chapter 2, beginning in verse 7, it says, And now, just as you have accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue, must. He didn't say, I'm going to give you a suggestion here that you should crawl with Jesus. No, he says, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then, everybody say, then your faith will grow strong in the truth. That you were taught. The truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. See, once again, the fruit of the Spirit is the joy you reap from being a part of that and listening to the leadership of the Spirit. The fruit is it, it, the fruit of that, but the root of the Spirit, listen to me closely, is priorities. It's what and what you're focusing on. It's what you're planted in. It's what matters the most in your relationship with Jesus Christ. To truly bear fruit, it begins with how we love. It's not about focusing on what happened to me. It's about focusing on what's happening in me. See? The world focuses continually on, well, I was offended. They did this to me. They did that to me. We always focus on what happened to me? If you're not careful, you'll focus on what happened to you. Our focus has got to be in the leadership of the Spirit of God, of what God is doing and what's happening in me, not what's happened to me. Because if you, if you focus all the time on what's happened to you, you're going to copy the behavior and the customs of this world. And you're going to live in leadership of the Holy Spirit of God. Because you're going to live offended. You're going to be in a position where you're not exercising love. You're getting caught up in hate. You're going to be thinking all the time, that happened to me, I've got to get revenge. I'm not going to let them get away with this. They won't do it to nobody else because I'm going to make sure they know about it. To truly bear fruit, it begins with love. Not what's happened to me, but what God has doing in me what's happening in me Philippians 2 here in verse 5 look what it says it says you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had a must there's a must it's not a suggestion you must have the same attitude that Jesus had though he was God he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to instead he gave up his divine privileges he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. See, the Holy Spirit, when I think about the Holy Spirit, it, it causes me to remember the cross, that Jesus humbled himself to death until he died for us. And for true believers, all we have to do is think about the cross of Jesus Christ. And when we realize what Jesus did for us, it motivates us into actions of love to be self-centered. See, we can't live life with this crown right here. We've got to live life living with this crown right here. This is the one. You've got to live this life right here with this crown on every day. You want to act and be like Jesus? You've got to live with this crown, not that crown. 
Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve and give his life a ransom for many. He's king of servanthood, of other centered, and this is the crown that he wore for me and that he wore for you that mimicked to be able to take the beatings, to take the shame and reproach, naked on a cross, dying, shedding his life's blood for me and for you. So instead of living on a crown of, with a crown and tiara on our lives that we're all that and living on our throne, we need to think about Jesus who deserved the throne that he's at now because he's king of kings and he's lord of lords. And he proved his sacrificial love for me and you by dying on a cross, taking a crown of thorns, having nails nailed into his feet and in his hands, sword, sword thrust in his side. This crown will always trump our throne that we try to live on. 1 John 3 and 18 says, Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a person that tells people I love them a lot. Sometimes people don't say that back to me because they're not used to that. But it's not the words that I say. What, what John is saying here, he says, let's not merely say we love each other. Let's show the truth by our actions. Let's show the truth by our actions. So we serve one another. We encourage one another. We build each, each, each person up that we come in contact with in this life. The Holy Spirit will nudge you in your life. And the question is, are you going to listen or are you going to be self-centered? Every time we cooperate with the leadership of the Holy Spirit, God does things in our life and makes things happen in my life and in yours. A little more myself dies. I always tell people, I'm skiing downhill right now on this side of life. Every day I live. I want a little more of myself to die. A little more of the Spirit to be alive in my life. Whenever you're being other-centered, it delights and moves the heart of God. Did you know that? Do you realize that we serve a God that is an emotional God? It is. He's an emotional God, and when we show our love by action, I believe we put smiles on his face and we bring joy to his heart. And when we respond to the Holy Spirit, here's what's amazing. Love registers in people's lives. Did you know that? When you do things beyond yourself, it does something in their very life. And, and, and when I do that, and when you put someone else's needs and concerns above your own, it kind of rocks them, you know? And that's a wonderful thing. Often it provides an opportunity, if they're not a Christ follower, for you to share Christ with them through your life and what he's doing in your life. Listen to what verse 24 and 25 says in Galatians 5. Those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross. Not your cross, not mine. He took the cross away from me and you. He did that. He paid the ransom for our sin debt. Sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. 
This last Tuesday morning was a very eventful morning for those of us here in Gallatin. It brought back a lot of memories from years past and things that had been done in storms and things. And I remember we were laying in bed and I was just getting up and all of a sudden you hear the storm thing go off on your phone. And then we start getting texts from family and, and some people on staff here and, and say, it's headed your way. You know, I, I'll be honest with you, and, and Shanda will tell you too, I, I never really worried. You know why I didn't worry? Because I know who I am. And I know whose I am. We opened the front door and you could hear like a roar coming at us. And I mean, it was coming at us at our home. So we locked the door right when it was getting there and hearing this roar, like, almost like a train, but a roar. And I thought, this is, you know, but I, I had a sense of peace. Shannon had a sense of peace. We went and got in our walk-in closet and about as fast as we got in there, just everything went silent and it was gone about as fast as we got in there. So we go outside and this huge tree is down in their yard and Shanna didn't like that tree. She said it was an ugly tree, so that was a God thing. That's what she said. It beat up my detached garage, beat it all up and different things. But then about that time, I get a text from Sharon Laviola to tell us that Travis and Michelle's house had got hit. And I was assessing the damage at my house. But that's when my adrenaline kicked in. You know why? That was Tuesday morning. Travis was facing quadruple open heart surgery on Thursday morning. 44 years old. I quickly forgot about what happened to me. And I called Travis and he called me back and I said, don't you lift a finger. We're on our way. Don't you do anything. So our staff, a lot of our staff got over there. We put on an APB, different church members here, people in the community, people that Travis worked with. A workforce of over 20 people went over there. And I'm talking trees this big around. And man, we went to it, man. I thank God I took my chainsaw. Tim Shelton had his. We had equipment. We had movers. We had people pulling. And man, in probably about two to three hours, man, we had that place looking like it never happened. It was amazing. So I checked on Travis that night, and I said, how are you doing, Travis? I said, how are you and Michelle feeling tonight? This is what he said. He said, man, this is a text he sent me. He said, man, I'll tell you, people showed up and showed out for sure. He said, I'm not used to receiving help. I'm so thankful. It was a huge blessing to know so many people would stop what they're doing and come show my family so much love. Thank you. I'm forever grateful. That's being an other-centered Christian. That no matter what happens, we drop what we're doing get our eyes off ourselves and living on our throne and we serve the one who deserves the only throne and that's Jesus that's how we show love in action would you stand with me as we pray
Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you and we honor you and we thank you for this amazing day. There's no doubt in a room of people this size or those that might be listening online from all over the world, there's so many people been hurt by others. We get bruised and we get jaded and we get desensitized to even being loving towards someone else because of the pain and anguish that we went through. God in heaven, may we just forever take on your nature and get beyond ourselves, get off the throne of our own lives. I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, through your spirit that is able, Heavenly Father, and the reinforcements of your leadership, God, that we will win this battle, Heavenly Father, over self-centeredness so we can win a world that needs you. I want to ask this question as we're praying right now. How many of you here would lift your hand and say, you know what I need to do, Pastor? I really do need to switch crowns. Would you just lift your hand and say, man, I really do need to switch crowns. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hands are going up everywhere. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty today. Thank you for your honesty. Heavenly Father, for these that lifted their hand, those that might just couldn't do it, God, because of the pain and anguish they went through, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you will help them, God, to be able to switch crowns, to be other-centered, to be people that when we come to the battle, we're going to win through the leadership of your Holy Spirit, that we will take this love challenge every day of our lives and ask that two, three question, seize every opportunity you give us, because love really is a choice. God, may we cooperate with your Spirit and get off the very throne of our lives put other people there because Lord that's true love (laughs) maybe you're here today and you came with someone and you really don't know how much God loves you because God is love he allowed his only son to come down the stairway of heaven put on skin walked on this earth for 33 years started ministry at at 30 years old did more than the books could contain the scripture says and then He gave his sinless life for my sins and yours, the things we've done wrong. And as he went in the tomb on the third day on Sunday, he came out victorious. And the same power that brought him out of the tomb is the same power you can have in your life. 1 John 1 and 9 tells us if we will confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So today, as he's convicted your heart, if you feel conviction in your heart today, and you know the Lord wants to come in your heart for the first time, would you just, as everyone's praying, Christians are praying, would you just lift your hand real high and say, I know I need Jesus in my heart today. He's touched my life. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty, my friend. Anyone else? Anyone else? Just lift your hand real high and say, I know I God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? I see your hand. Anyone else? Say, I know I need Jesus. God bless you. I see your hand back there. God bless you. God bless you. Would you pray to him? I see your hand, my friend, right there. I see your hand. Would you pray to him right where you're at? Make your throne and just say, I'm just going to appear before the throne of God. I'm going to make my altar before him right now. And just tell him, say, God, I'm sorry for my sins. I can't praise you, Jesus, enough that you die for. Would you please forgive me of the things I've done wrong in my life? Just tell him that. I want to be born again. I I don't want to live this life I live any longer. I want you to lead my life. So I believe in you. I asked you to save me. My life is yours. Now, my friend, if you've truly prayed that from the depths of your soul, peace that's beyond all understanding will come into your life.
And if that just happened to you, thank Jesus for that. He's going to give you the power of his Holy Spirit to lead you in every part of your lives. I want you to be sure to let us know that. I'll be around. Please let us know what God has done in your life. And I'd love to share with you. And we'd love to share with you the next steps of what God wants to do in this brand new life that you're living. Father, thank you, God. Thank you so much for your love because you are love. God, thank you for the lives you've touched and saved. Thank you for the lives you've touched and changed. May we get off our thrones and serve you, the one that only deserves the throne. May we live other-centered lives. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give God praise this morning, all right, church? everyone I hope you guys enjoyed today's service I just wanted to kind of wrap up and give you guys some next steps if you have given your life to Christ today that's awesome and we want to know about it um, if you are watching online or on the app we have a little hamburger icon you can click on and it'll take you to the connection card and you can just mark that for us and if you're on Facebook if you go to the description you can find a link and it'll take you to the connection card while you're there, you might see some other next steps. If you're interested in any of those next steps, just mark that too. And uh, we'll get that and we'll be more than happy to work with you about your walk with Christ and what um, is going to happen after today. We're going to move into a time of giving. Here at Freedom Church, we believe that you can't outgive God. If you are on the app or the website, you can just go to that same um, icon and click the link to give. And if you're on Facebook, you can go to the link in the description. Um, and if you would like to send in your tithe, you can do that. We'll have the address to the church right here on the screen and we'll get that safe and secure. We hope you guys have a great day and peace out.